Hello and welcome back to the second edition of the African HQ podcast. We are back, perhaps not as soon as you expected, but good things come to those who wait. As always, I'm joined by the Egyptian legend, Mr. Ahmed Osman. How are you, Ahmed? You know, my friend, how are you doing? Um, it's been a long time since we did uh, the podcast. Obviously, we had reasons. Uh, Dino was out for injury because of his hand, so I hope you're feeling better. But yeah, no, it's really good to be back. We've got a lot of uh, content, a lot of news to get through, so let's get to it. Yep, yeah, it hasn't been too much of a, a gap because Algeria are still champions of Africa, so not too much has changed on the African football scene. But we have another special guest, another high-quality guest, Mr. Lorenz Curler from Kickoff, the South African maestro. Anything to do with the Rainbow Nations football team, he is your man. How are you, Lorenz? Welcome. I'm all good, um, Dean. Thanks for having me. Ahmed, thanks for having me. Um, I was struggling to, uh, obviously, keep my bit of uh, giggles there when you mentioned that Algeria. You just had to mention that Algerian thing there. But um, yeah. it's, 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 it was expected, it was expected. But yeah, it's a privilege to be on African HQ and um, I'm looking forward to an in-depth discussion with you two guys. Well, I'll tell you what, and let you... me tell you something about Dean. It wouldn't be a podcast if we didn't mention once that Af- the, the African champions are Algeria. So congratulations to Algeria, but I hope we don't make this a regular thing. <laughs> Well, I tell you what, I'm surprised you two are even talking after your last 16 match with each other. Let's get to the content. We can be here all day on this. Right. We've just had the FIFA Best Awards Ceremony and it took place in Milan on Monday night. And unfortunately, in the World Eleven, there were no African players. Mane, Salah... We're both on the shortlist originally for the best men's player in the original 10-man shortlist, but they didn't make the final cut. Some players that were champions of Africa didn't even make the top 10. Riyad Mahrez didn't even make the top 10 shortlist. Aubameyang wasn't there either. And in the World Eleven, there were some very questionable choices. So I want to ask you two, and we'll start with Lorenz, we'll start with our guest. Do you think any African player should have genuinely been in the World Eleven? Look, um... The World Eleven selection, particularly, has been questionable over the past, let's say, say two or three seasons. Um, I definitely think Koulibaly is is a standout performer over the past two seasons, and he definitely should have been in there. Um, but what we've seen from the selection is that it's definitely a popularity contest rather than whose form was the best over the past twelve months. Um, the thing is also, it's voted by obviously coaches um, and players. And if you look at the at, at the vote count, it's 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 mainly based down on, on popularity. Um, even for the best awards, not even the World Eleven. If you look at it, some of our African nations didn't even vote for our African brothers. If you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And and it shouldn't be about okay, I'm African. And um, I'll vote for Mane, I'll vote for Salah. It should be about who's the best. But when these votes are casted, judging by, if you look at who casted whose votes, it's all about, okay, I feel this is the best player, rather than looking objectively of, okay, Salah scored this amount, Mane scored this amount, this is how much they contributed, this is what they won. It's all about who that person, that designated person feels is the best in their mind and not over 
a specific period of time. And I think that's where the questionable calls are coming in because no doubt Marcelo, Ramos, these are some of the best players in the world. But over the past 12 months, Marcelo Ramos and Modric in particular, they haven't been the best. And I quite frankly, they don't deserve to be in that World eleven. I don't think um, you guys will disagree with me there. Yeah, it's, it's a, it's a, let, let me tell you something. Everything that, that, that um, Lawrence said right there was absolutely correct. It is a popularity contest. FIFA have become a joke in every way. It's, it's just ridiculous. If you look at the, the starting eleven. Uh, the fact that they're trying to, to to fit in Sergio Ramos in any way possible after the horrific season he had with Real Madrid this season, um, last season, was it's crazy. Like, they've put him as right-back um, or whatever, or left-back, whatever it is. Um, if you look at the season that Robertson had, uh, you look at the season that Alexander-Arnold had, um, had they, they as I think, as much as the, the front three for Liverpool had, um, as much as it, of an impact for Liverpool uh, last season in, in winning a title, the uh, Champions League, and, and nearly winning the Premier League as anyone else. So yeah. it's crazy. They, they've been removed um, or, or kind of looked past. I, I don't get that part. Um, obviously, Virgil van Dijk, he, he definitely should be there. In my opinion, he should have won the, the Player of the Year award. Um, he's been immense, but obviously because he's not as glamorous as Messi, he's not as popular as, as Cristiano Ronaldo, and it is a FIFA award, he's not going to win it, unfortunately. Um, Marcelo, okay, let me say something. Marcelo, the fact that Marcelo got into this team is mind blowing. I, I actually have no idea how he got in there, um, and and it just makes you it makes you wonder if if FIFA don't get their act together in terms of giving um, awards like this to people that actually deserve it or players that actually deserve it, then people aren't gonna they're, they're gonna put the interest in it anymore. And um, I'm afraid it's uh, it's another horrific show from FIFA. So yeah, tough to tough to see and, and uh, especially as an African and an African football lover, I would love to see um, some African players in there. But what, what can I say? It's, it's 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 FIFA. So you're very surprised that for example Sergio Ramos has been put in the right back position instead of say Yusuf Atal or someone like that, considering he was yeah. an African champion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's funny you say Yusuf Atal because Yusuf Atal has been immense. He's had a brilliant season in the French League. He's had another brilliant um, tournament with Algeria. And I told you this actually personally after after the tournament. He was so unlucky to to get injured. Um, and he was my favourite player from that from that tournament. I went to a lot of games. I went. Some of them were, were Algeria. The work ethic and the amount of um, of runs he makes and sprints in behind to help his his, his wingers out is, is immense. He is definitely one to watch out for. Um, I know you're joking, obviously, but he, he is someone to watch out for. And I, I loved every single um, match he played in, in Afghan, and, and I watch him regularly in, in, in Liga. So he's definitely one to watch for sure. And joking aside, Lawrence, when you look at that midfield, if we look at it seriously now, we see someone like Luka Modric in there. Are you shocked that he's been put in over someone like Benassa? <laughs> Look, if Benassa was in the World Eleven squad, personally, like jokes aside, it would have been less of a shock seeing Modric in there. Yeah. That's basically down to Modric personally saying he had a shocking season. He said he didn't want to leave Madrid in the off season because of how shocking his season was. So he obviously wanted to redeem himself and leave on a high. Which I don't know if it's gonna happen. You know, sometimes it's just this whole, you know, golden generational thing where I think Real Madrid, after their three Champions League wins in a row, they've they've reached their peak. Um, yeah. It's all down. It's all downhill from here. 
we need to restore the the, the team and getting new players. But yeah, that would definitely a shock for me. Um, I would have expected. Yeah, uh, there were there's so there's so many midfielders that excelled in Europe, and I know also I know you were joking, but Benassa would have been a, a better call in that World Eleven than than Modric this this year. Yeah, absolutely. Like like uh, Dean would know this more than any like like anyone. If because Algeria won Afcon and um, Africa one of the the the, uh, the the continents to have a major competition this year, they needed to have someone from that continent in that team. If it was the Euros, if it was the Copa, they would have had someone from from that tournament, the player of the of the tournament in that um, in that eleven. If you look at the likes of, let's just talk about Mane last season. Mane Mane season played fifty uh, matches in all competitions. He scored twenty six goals, twenty six. You look at Salah last season as well, fifty two games, two more games, but he scored twenty seven and he assisted thirteen. How on earth is someone like that not in the world eleven? But um, you know, uh, golden boy Mbappe is on. Um, obviously, popularity contest. Of course, Ronaldo's in there, and Messi well deserved. But Salah Omane had to be in that front three, um, the best front three in the world right now. No one could argue about that. So, so also, yeah, it's strange. Also, objectively speaking, now um, with the exception of, of the African focus here, Bernardo Silva, uh, teammate of Riyad Mahrez, so obviously. You 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 would have watched a lot of of City football last season. Um, it's also shocking to see him overlooked, even. Mm, yeah. Yeah. He was he was, and he was considering he, the Nations League as well. Yeah, he was he was he was immense. He was one of the reasons I think City won that won that title last season. He won them, you know, some some major points, some really important points. Um, so yeah. he was. He wasn't. Was he? He wasn't in the PFA awards. He wasn't in the shortlist for the PFA, was he? That was he crazy. Was. Uh, was but he? Um, look, look he, he stepped up when De Bruyne was injured, and that takes a lot. If you know what I'm saying, he's a he's a, a natural inside forward, a number <coughs> ten that just slotted seamlessly in the central midfield under Pep Guardiola. So that's mm. another thing to take into consideration. Like his central midfield is not even his natural position, and he excels so much in it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, it's um, like we said before. I, I want to get I want to get your point of view, Lawrence, quickly on 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 Salah because Salah had this amazing season. Yeah. Um, obviously, that that breakthrough season where he scored forty plus goals, and then yeah. he had a bit of a low key one after last season, scoring just twenty two um, mm. in the Premier League, and I think it was around twenty seven um, in the whole in 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 the whole season, all competitions. Um, do you think this season there's pressure on him to do the same, or do you think he's he's done well enough to, to kind of back up his his uh, first season at Liverpool? Look, um, of the last two seasons, I don't think things have come as naturally as obviously it did in his debut season, where everything he was touching was turning into goals. Um, his debut season, he obviously started really well, and you 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 get that run of form where every shot goes in. Every um, step over, you beat your man. It's just one of those things. And the second season, he had to obviously live up to that that hype again. Mm. And okay, I think he, he did well um, based on winning the Champions League, Golden Boot. You, you can't ask for much more of his contribution, but things just didn't look natural for him. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Uh, just, just, his game wasn't flowing. Um, some games he wasn't easy on the eye. And obviously, there's there's this talk of like, you know, 
whether you should be more again, selfless in the way he plays. Now in the yeah. first season, again, you can see he's hungry, he's hungry. He's, he, he's playing like a player that has the pressure of having to prove a point, if you know exactly. what I'm saying. Because he, he knows he's, he's being spoken about in the breath of Messi, Ronaldo, uh, as, as, as one of the most prolific goal scorers in Europe now. And with that expectation, obviously it can either crumble a player or it can lift him to greater heights. And I just feel that at the moment right now that 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 uh, pressure of wanting to be in that Messi-Ronaldo bracket is maybe slightly affecting his natural way of playing football. Yeah, he's he's closer he's closer to Ronaldo as uh, more than he's more he's closer to Ronaldo than he is to Messi in terms of the type of player because yeah. people when he first started they said oh he's the Egyptian Messi he is yeah. nothing like Messi. other than cutting yeah. in he that is the best you can get in yeah. terms of comparisons um, he is a born goal scorer he finds a way to score no matter what and if he is two on two and he's got money to to for a tap in he will go for goal and that's yeah. just a brutal fact people don't get it. If you have, you can't you can't have it both ways. You can't um, get at him and say, oh well, actually he's he's selfish and and stuff. But when he doesn't score more than twelve goals a season, um, then oh well, he's not good enough. No, you have to have shots. You've got to go um, and be and be selfish and try to score as many goals as you can. But um, no, yeah, I I, I um, obviously I, I um, I'm with you on that one. But it's funny also um, bringing Dean also into this now. Just think about this, Ronaldo. His entire career, from the time he left United to where he is now, he was never written negatively in the press about not passing to Benzema, about not passing to Bale, about not passing to Robin, whoever he played alongside. Mm. But Salah doesn't have this this ego and aura of like, I'm the best, I'm the best, I'm the best. And mm. that's why I think this press... Okay, maybe English press is obviously different to to Spanish and and, and um, Italian press, yeah. but there's just how can I say there's different narratives for different players, and um, I think it's basically down to you know selling papers, uh, page views, everything like that. This narrative of creating this perception that Salah and Mane is up against each other is is, is just what's hot now in in English press, and I think that's maybe. Part of the biggest problem of, of of what's happening now. It sells papers, uh, Lawrence. It, it, it <laughs> sells papers. It gives you views. That's that's the reason. Um, yeah. They're all good. What, what I've heard between them is that they're good. So, um, what what do you think about it, Dean? I'm I'm interested to see your point of view. Well, when Ronaldo was at Real Madrid, Mourinho often said Benzema was the perfect striker for him. Benzema made so many unselfish runs that would drag a defender or two away or that would make the space for Ronaldo. The mm. aura in the dressing room was, Ronaldo is our man. He is the one getting our goals. We build the team around him. Yeah. Liverpool don't build the team around Salah. They don't build the team around Mane. It's the team, it's the collective. Mm. And I don't think Salah fully understands that this team is not built for him. Yeah. This team is built by Klopp. With, if you take one of them out, it doesn't function, particularly Firmino. You take Firmino out, it's a completely different team. They don't function as well. They, Salah, Salah wouldn't score as many goals without Firmino in that team, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I agree. I agree. He, he is the glue that, that links both of those wingers together. Um, without him, um, you have to say both of Mane and Salah 
are not brilliant at assisting each other, especially with mm-hmm. the personal differences they have. They both want to be the main man. But Firmino seems to be the person that makes them both get along. So he's the, he's the in-between person. Um, and, and by the way, he is one of the most underrated players in the world. It's, it's unbelievable the amount of beautiful touches he has, the, 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 the through balls, the, the, the intelligence, the touch. Oh, it's just, he is a joy to watch. And he, he to me, is my favourite player to watch in that front three. It's also interesting that what Dean just said now, that the team is built by Klopp. And if you think about it, having two of the most attacking fullbacks, probably in European football right now, in Robertson and uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold, for Salah and Mane, having that support, you know, like, <laughs> I, I, I can't think of any fullback in the world that would relish playing against those, the, those, four, those four guys on flanks, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and those are also the type of players that, that help um, give Mane and Salah more freedom and more confidence into, you know, doing what they do best, which is getting into the box and scoring goals. Yep, I agree. I agree. But with every fantastic footballer, there always seems to be an off-the-field problem these days. Ahmed, what is going on with Mohamed Salah? And yeah. his, his bio, what, what's going on there? So, um, obviously, this this has happened about two, three hours before we recorded. So, um, what's happened is the, they revealed the, the voting for, for the for the best awards. And, and it seems like uh, that the, the Egyptian coach, the, the Egyptian um, captain, they didn't post their votes for, for, for Salah. Um, obviously, it is their point of view to, to, to vote for whoever they want to. But I think any nation would vote... For their for their man, especially when you've ha- when you've never had anyone as good as Salah on the world stage, uh, finishing last season, you know, top top two in the world, in the best awards, and obviously this season again he finished top scorer. Uh, so you've got to back your man. You've got to, if, whether it's the Portuguese FA for for Ronaldo, whether it's the Argentinian FA for Messi, they haven't posted their votes. Just to add to that as well, the media representative for Egypt, um, who was posting his vote, he didn't even have Salah in the top two. He had Mane and Ronaldo, and then he had Salah as third. Now, I, I don't know about you guys, but the biggest shock for me that he didn't even have Messi or Virgil van Dijk in those three. Now, that, now that's crazy. Um, but yeah, he's he's um, he's he's obviously taken Egypt out of his Twitter profile. He's now only player for Liverpool Football Club, so he's he's obviously very upset. <laughs> he's uh, taking it to heart, and. Uh, there's some there's some there's some rumors uh, saying that he's gonna retire, but then that was squashed straight away as soon as he posted a cryptic message with with him and um, and obviously the fans on his shirt is obviously very well edited and it, and the the quote says that you know no one's gonna no one's gonna get between me and my my country and, and and the people and my people so so obviously I think it's a little bit aimed at the FA um, the FA has given him several problems he doesn't stand them. They wanna. They, it seems like they wanna upset him. They 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 use him as a tool. They use him as a pl- a publicity tool that to make um I don't know money to make uh, publicity any way to use Salah, the, one of the world's best players. It's it's sad. It's sad to have an Egyptian FA with so low standards and how unprofessional they are is just shocking. So he's had enough. Um, but yeah, it's it's up in the air right now. We don't know whether he's going to retire, whether he's going to take a break from from the uh, you know from the from Egyptian national team duty, or he's just going to continue. No one knows at the moment. But it is it's it's there's a there's some really crazy reacting here in the media. People are not taking it well. Okay, Ahmed, actually, based on what you just said, I have a question. Um... 
before. Do you think that um, the new coach coming in has the authority to remedy all these issues? One, that's going in the FA. Two, with Salah. Mm -hmm. And just three, the general squad harmony that's been absolutely ripped to shreds over the past, let's say, 20 months. Um, Egypt was always known for their closely knit national team and um, like just their, their general um, togetherness, if you know mm. what I'm saying. Yeah, um, we, we know we know in Algeria, Bel Belmadi had a great effect with, you know, put, putting putting a good team together. So can this new coach do the same thing? Um, obviously, Hossam Al-Badri has been given the, the job, obviously former Ahli coach. Uh, former assistant coach to Ahli legend Manuel Jose, um, yeah. and and he's he's you know he's accomplished. He's a he's a he's a, a good guy. He's a he's a very you know well respected guy in, in Egyptian football. He's a he, he obviously he, he worked as a, a pyramids FC um, for a bit. So uh, for the last season, so that was a bit risky for him to do that after leaving Al Ahli. Um, yeah. Yeah, but you're absolutely right. The most significant thing about this whole situation, especially in the last few years, is that we've had um, foreign coach after foreign coach after foreign coach. And I think the lesson learned in the past few years is we as a team, as a country, we we thrive over togetherness. And if we have someone who can't communicate with the players, can't, communi can't communicate with the, with the nation, um, and make sure that we, they get behind us in a certain way, then the team doesn't react well, especially in tournaments. Now, mm. you mentioned as well that the... The, uh, the, the the tournament obviously on home soil Afcon 2019 was 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 an embarrassment. It was horrific in every way. The performances, uh, the interviews from the players, the adverts they did beforehand, um, the the corruption said between the you know the EFA. So there's a lot of things that need fixing. Will Hassan Al Badri be able to do that? I don't think he'll be able to fix it all in one go. But what will be encouraging is that we have a manager that will be able to, con you know, contact um, uh, the, the EFA in, in Arabic, be able to, you know, um, communicate with them in an effective way to, for them mm. to understand uh, what he wants, for the players to understand what he, he wants from them. So it's it's encouraging that we've got an Egyptian manager. It's just, you know, some people really wanted um, a different manager than him. They believe he isn't tactically stable. He hasn't had a coaching job in a few years. Is he going to be rusty? Does he know what he's doing? Mm. And, and and the funny thing about it is he wasn't the EFA's first choice. So they wanted to have Bilal, have Bilal said no for some reason. Seems to be financial. Um, and so it's worrying that they've gone after the second choice. Um, and yeah, it's, 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 it's positives in, in some ways, but it's also there's a lot of negatives and unsure points that we don't know what's going what's to happen at the moment. Yeah. But Egypt's not the only nation this year that have replaced their manager after a disappointing Afghan. South Africa have also gone and replaced Baxter, haven't they, Lauren? Ah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but a disappointing Afghan is also subjective. Um, look, we didn't play well um, in terms of what the nation expects, but we didn't qualify for the previous two Afghans, which coming to the quarterfinals of the Afghan in 2019... I believe should be considered as a great achievement. Also, based on the type of players that we have, we don't have a Salah, we don't have a Mane, um, we don't have any superstars in the national team anymore. But yeah, Baxter, we, we, we knew he was going to walk away from the job based on 
the pressure you received from the public based on the narratives the media created on him playing defensive football everybody just painted him as the guy who is not getting the best out of the squad but he was saying that no other manager even Jose Mourinho could have done the job that he did with South Africa and that was obviously a bold statement and we'll see obviously with the new manager Mulefenseke if he was correct in saying that um but yeah i can say what backstep brought to the squad was structure we were I've, I've got a question for Lawrence. Yeah. Uh, I'm uh, sorry for cutting in. No but problem. obviously, Malefi is, is, is a bit of an unknown quantity at the moment, isn't he? Yeah, because... even in South African media. Um, yeah, strange. Look, he has been in the ranks of, of the South African Football Association. Um, we took, led them to the Under-17 World Cup. Um, didn't do much there, but that's something that he achieved. And then he went to the Under-20s. He worked briefly and then with um, in the national team with Baxter as well. So it's more of a succession thing. Um, we had this thing called Vision 2022, where it started after the 20, after we failed to qualify for the 2014 World Cup, mm-hmm. and um, he just goes in line with this vision that Safa had set, knowing all the players in the system from from under 12 level. If you know what I'm saying. Yeah. So. He's in the structure, and the funny thing is, it's all about narratives again. If you look, if Spain promotes a head coach from their under 23s or an assistant, nobody really blinks an eye. But maybe it's because they are a successful nation with a history of good young coaches. But yeah, we're also promoting South African or promoting from within, and everybody's either saying it's a cheap option. And saying he, he has no chance of, 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 of success. And look, we've had our problems now in the last international break with the xenophobia thing where the Zambia friendly was called off and the Madagascar friendly was called off based mm. on what was happening in the country. So we didn't even have an opportunity to see mm. the new players that he's called up to see what they can do and what type of um, tactical changes that he makes to the squad. And like I think the one of the most important things is he was part of the backroom staff. And when you're part of the backroom staff, players usually confide in these coaches or their assistants with problems that they have with the head coach. Yeah. Now that they become the head coach, he can't be that that person anymore. Exactly. So it's 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 gonna be a really, really, really interesting future for South Africa. But the general <laughs> consensus is that we, we we don't know what we don't know. Um, yeah. We have to give him a chance. We have to see what he can do. And we can see if he is able to bring... We have a lot of promising talent coming through. Um, let's see if he can blood these players in. I've got a question in terms of... Uh, so, so he's, you mentioned Spanish young coaches, and, and yeah. he's definitely not young. <laughs> he's, yeah. he's, uh, he's obviously in his 50s. He's uh, yeah. but he, he took an under-17s... To, uh, to the World Cup in in, yeah. in 2015, right? So that's yeah. that's obviously not the the most the biggest achievement, but it is something. Um, yeah. 
but I wanted to I wanted to, I didn't want to ask about him. I wanted to ask about South Africa in general because Dean said yeah. South Africa had a disappointed uh, disappointing tournament. You you mentioned obviously that the the public didn't see it as a successful uh, tournament, but me beat if if I'm in your position beating mm. the hosts, uh, one of the favorites, you know, mm. in the last sixteen is is massive. Yeah. It's, it, if it's not. Uh, Achievement is at least it's hope for the future. Um, yeah. Obviously, uh, South Africa 1996 African Cup of Nation Champions, and and then they had a little bit of a of a of a of a brief moment where they appeared um, in the World Cup in 1998 and in 2002, um, yeah. and then you had a little big gap until you hosted the, the World Cup. So, yeah. where are you as a nation, as a footballing nation, in terms of bringing back the fear factor for for South Africa? Like, <laughs> where are you at that stage in in in, in competing for the for Afcon or, or you know uh, doing something credible at a World Cup, for example. Yeah. Um, this is a really difficult question. We have the resources. I think we have the players. We just don't have the mentality and belief. Um, mm. And with that mentality and belief, with the lack of mentality and belief, that's why our players aren't playing for the biggest clubs in world football right now. So the funny thing is, if you look at a team. Let's make look at Uganda, for example, a team with far less resources, doing well, make, making a name for themselves in Afghan. The, the, these are the things that's expected for South Africa. We don't, we, we, we shouldn't be happy with a quarterfinal finish because we have one of the best run leagues in Africa. We've got a lot of resources. And we've, we've we've got a history of winning. Yes, we are a young country, but we have a history of winning the Afghan. We have a history of great players. But th th this is just generation that that doesn't have that mentality anymore, and that's based on the comfort level of the APSA Premiership in South Africa. Our players no longer have to go to Europe to enjoy mm -hmm. a lavish million, um, uh, you know, like a IG. I, uh, Instagram dream, <laughs> you know the footballer that is loving that Instagram dream. <laughs> Our Never players don't need it. to go to Europe anymore to love that dream. <laughs> <laughs> so, like for example, in '96 we had a team with top players: Leeds United captain Lucas Kadebe. We had Mark Fisher as Lazio. We uh, we had a star-studded lineup in the '98 World Cup. We had Benny McCarthy, who was one of the most promising African strikers at the time. He was the cover of Time. He was the Salah of of our generation. He was on Time magazine. Uh, like every, everything was just going right, and now in 2019, we our, our poster boy is Percy Tau. And look, Percy Tau is a great player, but I love him. <laughs> Look, I really he's a love him. Player and and, and we, we, <laughs> we, we have high hopes for him, but he's 25 now. We our, our youngsters aren't breaking through quickly enough, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, and I think that's exactly. where the problem lies. Our, our our domestic league is not giving the youngsters the platform to shine at an early age. Like mm. 17 in African leagues, we should have 17, 18 year olds dominating, if you know what I'm saying. Yes. and being ready for that for that next step in Europe, and that's what's not happening in South African football. But now, leading to Baxter leaving and Teke coming in, this is one of my concerns, is that Baxter was trying to tap into the European players with South African heritage. 
Um, we've got a guy called Nicola Tavares. He's the captain of um, Crystal Palace's under-23 team. Um, mm-hmm. Then we've got uh, Kanye Lechabella, who is also knocking on the door of the Leicester City first team. And we've got this guy, Joe Untersee. He was a Juventus uh, Academy graduate. He's now playing for Empoli. Um, he's a good right-wing back of Swift's descent. And um, these are the guys that were about to be called up to the national team before AFCON. And obviously, some of the paperwork and stuff didn't come through. And what was noticeable about Nteki's squad is that none of those guys were anywhere to be seen. So yeah. it's, 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 it's kind of worrying to see like they might end up playing for Croatia or Switzerland or uh, Lechabella's case, like maybe being drafted into England um, if he's good enough in the when he gets his Premier League breakthrough. So mm. yeah, there's a lot of a lot of topics to 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 analyze here with South Africa at the moment. Okay, well we 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 wish all the best for South Africa. Not me personally. After I had to uh, I have to spectate my own country losing the 88 minute. But um, no, we have a we have a few um, South African listeners, and a lot of people do follow us from South Africa. So good luck to the South African national team um, from our end. And Dean, just uh, because I, I did forget to ask you um, about the best mm. awards. So I was really shocked that Gamal Belmadi wasn't even in the top three coaches. Um, you were, you were mm. obviously understandably very upset. How do you see him mm. obviously being snubbed? And, and give us your, your honest opinion on how you see the situation. First of all, I just want to add before I get slaughtered. When I said South Africa didn't have a good AFCON, it's because A, if it was a normal format, they would have been out because they came third in their group. And B... They only won two games against two small okay. nations, Namibia and Egypt. So overall, it wasn't a particularly good tournament for them. Well, that's, that's what I thought. Anyway. <laughs> Fair enough. And on Belmadi. Now, my issue is, if you, it's the same with the players, really. If you look at the top three, you've got Pochettino in there. Now, I know Tottenham made a Champions League final, but he didn't win anything. Okay, Belmadi <laughs> took a team that no one gave a chance to in their rival's country to win an international trophy. Now, to be fair, he came fourth and he missed third by one point. By one point. Ronaldo put Belmadi as his second choice. So, if Cristiano recognises him, I think the whole world should. But I think just what, the fact you that you had... FIFA? <laughs> <laughs> the fact that he was even nominated is great because usually it's... A, it's a, you get Even when you get the AFCON winning coach, it's... it's often a foreigner. We've got an African coach here who played for an African country as a player managing an African country, representing the whole continent. Now, I'm more annoyed that only 10 of the African players mm. that voted, voted Belmadi. Out of, out of 40, only 10 of the players voted Belmadi. So three quarters of the continent's players didn't vote for the African manager. I can't get my head around it. I really mm. can't understand why they're not all backing him. It's true. Well, 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 to put it this way, Dean, if if um, if the, if I don't know if the manager was Egyptian, would and you were an Algerian player, would you back him? Well, Mares voted for Salah in the player votes, so I don't see why the continent can't get behind us. So, so if you look at the players, obviously the ten that voted Belmadi, obviously mm. Mares is one. You've got Ayu uh, voted, uh, Ahmed Musa, Onyango voted, and then you've got five others from very small countries like Djibouti and, and places like that. It's, it's really disappointing. And then you look at who they voted for instead, and they're voting for Klopp and Guardiola. I mean, why on earth are Niger and Somalia voting for Klopp 
and Guardiola, with all due respect, if you want to push your continent out there, you should be voting for the African it, coach. It, I honestly, I'm baffled. I know, I know, and it's, it's understandable. I just want to say one point on this. Um, I agree with you 100%. I don't think he should have just been in the top three. I think he should have won it all. Um, the, the amount of... of or, or the task in hand before AFCON was, um, like I was telling you, I was joking, I said, I said you're going to win AFCON. I, I, not once did I think I was being serious. Um, but the fact that he got that good a team um, at the end of the tournament, when you actually saw the raw talent at first, but but by the end of it, they, they were an immense team. They were unbelievable. Um, and he got the best out of them. He got the best out of them. And he is, I think, going to be seen after as a national treasure because he is um, an interesting character. He's, uh, first and foremost, a lovely person. And he got, and I'm sorry if, if the terminology is wrong, but he is, he, he, well, he got robbed from, from that. He should have been in the top three. He should have had a fair chance of winning that. Is Klopp a deserved winner? Yes. Is Pochettino, did Pochettino have to be there? I don't think so. He was never going to win it because he never won anything in the first place. Maybe he would have been fair if he was fourth. One last thing for fellow Africans listening to this podcast that care about African football. How on earth are you supposed to allow other people to enjoy our football, to appreciate our you know, brilliant players, our brilliant managers, our legends of African football, when you can't appreciate your own continent? That's, that's what I want to say because... I love African football. I've given a lot of time for it in the past few years. I want to be involved in African football. I've never wanted to get into English football. That's just me. I've always loved it from day one. Um, maybe it's because of my love affair with, with Egyptian football and the fact that we won AFCON three times in a row. But it's not just that. It's just... It's just it's he had to get that one in there, didn't he? I, 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 I heard that. I Don't to. worry. <laughs> but yeah, please, please, guys, if you love African football, if you're a manager, if you're a coach, if you're a fan, Give it the same respect and appreciation, the, um, the same time you give European football, the Champions League, the five leagues in the world, whatever league you watch outside of Africa. Do the same for Africa. And maybe, just maybe players like Sadio Mane, like Salah, like Jamal Bilmadi will get the recognition they really, really deserve. Look, guys, <clears throat> I hope so. There's something interesting to note is the the snub of Belmadi is similar to that of Felix Sanchez bus of, of, of Qatar. Um, he also mm. took an unfancy team to the Asian Asian Championship, if you know what I'm saying. Um, so I think in retrospect yeah. it's just the the the, the, the the perception of where the world or where everybody sees Asian and African football at the moment. If they think that taking a team to the Champions League final is more deserved than winning a continental title with an unfancy team, then it just shows you where everybody's head is in in respect to you know placing importance and prestige of certain tournaments. If you know what I'm saying, and. The only reason why is because of it's because of like what you were saying, because of airtime, because mm-hmm. of popularity, because it's shown worldwide. The African Champions League I mean the African um Afcon is obviously big, but it's not shown in every single country like your your Champions League final, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. But but, but, but it doesn't Lawrence. explain why our African brothers are not getting that behind yeah, it. it. 
Yeah, exactly. But Lawrence, listen, this is the thing. And we, we've spoken about this on several occasions. If you are going to host an AFCON, if you're going to host Africa's biggest tournament, yeah. then you have to be able to give it a good look. You've got yeah. to be able to give it um, all of your, uh, your uh, resources, to give it all of uh, a good financial backing, to be able to organize it in a way where it's, it's world class. And I think uh, and probably you guys agree with me. Yeah, exactly. Like, look how Egypt did it. The opening ceremony was world class, yeah. and it was spoken about in the whole world. The mm. closing ceremony was the same. The pitches were brilliant. They were world class. Um, the organizing, the volunteers, because they had the resources. Now, I have to look at CAF. If you believe a country cannot do it, um, they cannot do the same as as Egypt did, or or whatever country. I'm not just backing my own country, but there has to be levels. There has to be a level where you say, okay, if you go lower than this we are not giving you the tournament and we're going to strip it and give it to someone who actually can do it and make African football look, look, you know, look good, look good, look at, as good as European tournaments, as good as um, um, a World Cup, something that can be seen as, as just, you know, as presentable at least. Um, I look at, for example, the, the Gabon uh, AFCON. That was shocking. Now, <laughs> The, the pitches, and I, I know you guys will agree with me, the pitches weren't even fit enough to actually farm something on there. It was ridiculous. It was The, the ball was bouncing all over the place. I've never seen anything like it. And, and what, how, what, what, what was that AFCON where um, Ayu, the Ayu, um, Ayu and Quincy Awuso Bay were killing it for Ghana on the wings? I remember particularly that AFCON. The grass was so high that the ball, <laughs> the ball actually didn't like flow, like when they pass it, it got stuck in the grass at times. Yeah, because the it, it was... there wasn't a grounds person. That's why <laughs> they, they, they don't know what a lawnmower is. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's it, there needs to be oh, like like I, I, I know I'm being I'm being a bit harsh, but it's true. How am I supposed to tell my friends in the UK, in France, in Germany, in Spain? Well, you should watch Afcon, and then I and then I show them a match from Gabon two thousand. And whatever, it's ridiculous. There needs to be higher levels of, of you know, of pitches, of, of stadiums, of volunteers. I, I mention it again, but I, some African people, when they say, oh, I'm going to introduce someone to AFCON, they're embarrassed. And it shouldn't be like that. It should be like introducing someone to Euros, to the World Cup. It's a continental uh, t- tournament, like you said. I, I just think we can do better. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I agree. It's no surprise that the tournament's always moved by, from the original host every time it's given, isn't it? Exactly. Right then. Oh dear me. Lorenz, it's time yeah. for Ahmed's <laughs> favourite part of the show. Now, if you joined us on last week's podcast, you'll know that I sprung Ahmed with an African football quiz against our guest. And Ahmed yeah. actually won the quiz our quiz was um against mr eddie dove and the question was players that scored more than one goal at afcon 2019 and ahmed managed to name more our guest decided to say true promoting even though he didn't even score a single goal but (laughs) (laughs) sorry ed lorenz how do you feel your knowledge is do you think you can beat ahmed today it depends on what the topic is so um i'm quietly confident that i can beat ahmed the I can I can I can make him relive the moment of the last sixteen when Tim Bing oh, silenced yes. the guy in the national stadium. Let's get this over with because I'm not really happy with Lawrence anymore. Let's get this over with. 
Did I tell you there was going to be a quiz? Uh, you gave me a bit of a clue right, that so there no would excuses. be a, a curveball. A, a little hint. <laughs> I was worried that it was going to leave the, the call out of fear, so I thought I'd just give him a little hint. <laughs> right, this is how it works. If you don't know the rules, I'm going to say a topic. Lorenz and Ahmed will take it in turns to give me an answer like a penalty shootout. So naturally, it's first to five. If they're level after five answers, will go to sudden death. Okay, so today's topic is going to be revealed right now. So the topic is African players, right? African players that have scored at least... 30 goals in the Premier League. Okay. So I'm looking for the name. You're going to take it in turns for an African player that has scored at least 30 goals in the Premier League. This is as of 24 September 2019. So it's completely up to date with every single recent result. And they have to have scored at least 30 goals in the Premier League. You've got about 15 or 20 names in total to choose from. So it's not too many. And... We're going to start with Lorenz, our guest. So, Lorenz, I'm looking for a player that has scored at least 30 Premier League goals that is African. Salah. <laughs> <laughs> that was expected, wasn't it? That was expected. <laughs> to be honest, I thought he was going to say South African. But yes, of course, Salah is there. 1-0, Lorenz. Over to Ahmed. Uh, yeah, that, well, so Salah scored 32 in one season, so <laughs> that was easy. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go Sadio Sadio Mane. Correct. That is uh, another name, of course, on the list. It, was, it does start off easy. One all. Back to Lorenz. Ooh, so 30 goals, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's already, he's already. Uh, oh. Uh, <laughs> Drogba, of course, of course. Yes, of course, Drogba has the most goals of any African in the Premier League. The easiest answer there, 2-1. Oh, okay. Ahmed. Um, I am going to go for Asamo Gian. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to put this. No, no, wait, 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 wait. I'm going to take this back. I'm going to take this back. No, 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 no. I don't know how to put this. No. No, 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 no. You've done a Chupa Moti. Oh, That's what oh, you've done. No, I had a, Unbelievable. I had, a, I had a moment. I had a moment. Oh, dear, this is so bad. <laughs> 30 goals. Has he even played 30 well, games? Well, I think he has. He, he, he did score a reasonable amount of goals for Sunderland. He was playing under Steve Harris, mate. I want to change my answer. I want to change my answer immediately. You, you can't change it. I'm sorry. I have to <laughs> take <laughs> the first answer. Right. The, <laughs> a a Jan. Oh, my oh, God. Oh, dear. This is, this is bad. This is real bad. That is shocking. He's done a ZS against Benning. That's oh, what he's dear. done. <laughs> Anyway, even, even the best of us have mistakes. Ask Ed last week. There's mistakes, and then there's Asamoah Jan has first. <laughs> <probably got>. right. <laughs> anyway, I'll put you out of your misery. It's incorrect, oh. so you've missed oh. it. Then still two one to Lorenz, and Lorenz, you can go three one up here. Don't do another mistake, Ahmed. Who's your name? Emmanuel Adebayor. Oh dear! Oh, look at this. This is what you call a man with knowledge, right? <laughs> 3-1 and Adebayor is second to Drogba in the list so 3-1 oh, you've got some catching up to do I'm um, serious dear me okay alright um, I did say Sadio Mane didn't I yes and you said Asamoah Jan okay alright oh jeez okay come on don't say Abitrika <laughs> <laughs> I, I had a name but I, I, 
have a feeling I'm gonna I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get it again this which is me too me too it's, it's probably another Sunderland we... <laughs> well back <laughs> okay all right all right I can uh, I'm gonna go this is really bad but I mm. I, I have a you need this no I, I'm I've I've completely blanked boys I've got nothing. Uh, I do, I do. Uh, I was going to say Samuel Eto, but I'm sure he hasn't scored enough for Chelsea. I'm pretty sure. Uh, I was going to say Drogba, but I didn't. Has anyone said Drogba? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to yes. say. I'm, I've got one. I've got one. I'm going to say Carney. Who? Carney. Finally. I got there in the end. Yes, that's right. Former Arsenal oh. man. Carnu uh, got 54 goals in the Premier League. So oh, what uh, a pick by me. Yeah, after an hour. So, 3-2. <laughs> Lorenz, you've got the perfect record so far. What's your fourth answer? One of the greatest African footballers to grace the Premier League, Riyadh. Marius. Oh, stop it, Lorenz. <laughs> stop it. All right. You're just, you're just getting cosy with the host. Now, that's not, that's not giving it. I can't believe you said Jan before Marius. You make me sick. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, Marius is there. I can't. It is a correct answer. I'm that's 4 right. 2 to Lorenz. Ahmed, I must say, Ahmed, if you get this wrong, you have lost. So you need to be right okay. here. All right, okay. I am going to go for Yaya Torre. Oh, he's pulled it back. 4-3, four, 4-3. Three, four, three. But it's a great answer, Ahmed. Great answer. Uh, Thank you very much. He's in the top five all-time African Premier League goal scorers. 4-3. Three. So, Lorenz gets this. He's won. Okay? Oh, he's bluffing. Have, have we got a timer here? No? Well, okay. we didn't on you. You took a couple of hours. Uh. He can afford the a big slip Nigerian, up. The big Nigerian. The big Nigerian. Legend on Teesside. Yakubu oh. Ayagbeni. Oh, dear me. I think Ahmed knows what's coming. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know. That is a fifth correct answer. Five mm. out of five. Ahmed can't come back from that. He's lost. Yeah. Lorenz is this week's winner of yeah. the African football quiz. So how's how's that editing button of yours been? Do you think we'll, we'll be able to take Hachian or? <laughs> I can't believe you've said Asamoah Jan. I mean, you, that was like it wasn't like seven or eight answers in. That was your second pick. Yeah, I, 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 I thought I'd go for one that may not be as popular, just so I can, uh, you know, make myself look good. But yeah, that was uh, that was. He uh, scored was in Asamoah Jan scored eleven Premier League goals. It's not that bad. That's about a third of what the quiz was. Should, the quiz was thirty. Look, in all honesty, in respect, yeah. that eleven goals were scored under Steve Bruce, so <laughs> it should be considered <laughs> at least thirty. Oh dear me! Well, someone else got thirty. So what's the what's the rest of the list saying then? Just so we can uh, have. Well, a... I'm going to say some names that you're going to you're going to feel even worse. I'll be honest when you hear them. Go okay. ahead, man. So you could have said a bam. You could have said a bamiyang. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. You could have said 
You could have said Demba Bar. Ah. You could have said the Ivorian trio Kalu, Bonnie, Zahar. Oh. And very Lorenz, good, you could have said Benny McCarthy. Oh, <laughs> he did mention it. He gave me a hint beforehand. Uh, <laughs> Lawrence, that was a good one. How, As... how did Lawrence not say that one first? That's what no, I no, because he said Salah first to wind you up. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I'll say the rest of the names to you quickly. There's Efan Ikoku, there's Freddie Canute, there's Shola Amiobi, uh, Papis Cisse, Peter Odenwingi, and uh, El Hajj Juf. That's who. Chippo Moting not one of them? No, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> to the disappointment of Ed listening. That He's got less than Jan, I think. For Stoke. <laughs> oh, Billy. Ahmed, Took a step gonna, down to PSG. I'm never going to let you forget this, Ahmed. Oh, dear me. This is going to be in the archives. Oh, dear me. Isn't Asmo Jan in India now? <laughs> North East United. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. He wouldn't be there if he scored 30 Premier League goals, I'll tell you that. <laughs> right, so on this week's edition of the African HQ <laughs> podcast, Ahmed has lost... He, he wants to retire internationally, but they won't let him in Ghana. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Tough one to take. Um, but yeah, no, in all, in all seriousness, um, I, I, am, I am happy enough to lose to someone of the knowledge of Lawrence. Um, some of our listeners may not have heard Lawrence, but he is honestly, and I'm not just saying this because he's a good friend of mine, he's one of the best um, journalists around in Africa at the moment. Um, he knows his stuff, and uh, yeah, he was he was here in Afcon for 2019. I had the pleasure of seeing him. So yeah, keep up the good work, Lawrence, and uh, pleasure, uh, absolute pleasure having you on a podcast. And here's to many more appearances on the podcast for sure. Thanks for the kind words, brother. Um, sorry for taking a shot at you with the Salah first answer and uh, warming up to the hosts with Mares as my third answer. But yeah, it was um, tons of fun. I enjoyed the insightful discussions and um, keep up the good work with African HQ like it's, it's, it's really doing things and I'm um, enjoying your content thank you Lorenz very kind of you and you are always going to be the first ever guy to beat Ahmed on this show that's never going to be changed <laughs> I'm on it I'm on it yeah Right, all that's left to say is thank you to Lorenz again. You can find his socials in the description of this podcast, wherever you're listening, whether it be on iTunes or on SoundCloud, uh, link to Lorenz down below to check out South Africa and all the whole of Africa, really, uh, football content. Oh, we, we, and we yeah, all that's left to say is thank you again to Lorenz. Yeah. Yes. Go on. I was, I was going to say before you said thank you to Lawrence, mm-hmm. which we will do so in about 15 seconds, but if you are listening to mm-hmm. this podcast, then please give it a good rating, give it a good review. It helps the podcast. We're trying to get Africa back up there again with European football, with, with the best tournaments in the world, with the best podcasts in the world. So um, we've got some exciting guests coming along, hopefully, hopefully. And uh, yeah, just don't forget to, to review, to give us five stars. And, uh, and yeah, make sure you contribute and, and ask us questions. We'll try to get some of the questions on the Twitter page on the podcast and try to answer them as best as we can. But, yeah, like you were saying, thank you, Lawrence, for sure. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Lorenz. We'll see you next time. Thanks, guys. Cheers.